Well, hello, my sweet ghouls and goblins. I hope that you are having or had a very fun, happy, safe, and spooky Halloween. So you're probably wondering what's going on. Well, valuable life lesson that I've learned is always back up your data because sometimes you'll lose entire episodes, just like the one that was supposed to premiere today. I'm currently in Thailand and so I'm gonna, we're gonna listen to an encore episode of Black Girls Abroad. And I cannot wait to tell you about my experiences when I come back in a few weeks. All right. Thanks for listening. Here is episode 28 Black Girls Abroad. We're like, we like. Donald Trump on his private jet. <laughs> I could have chosen a person of color. I'm sorry, Kat. But after your rant, that's just no, the person that was he's in my mind. a person of color. He's Cheeto dust orange. <laughs> he's a person of color. <laughs> totally fair. Totally fair. <laughs> Yo, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> I really wasn't ready for that. He is a person of color. Cheeto dust orange. Oh, I'm going to tweet that out. That is amazing. <laughs> cat <laughs> black people abroad okay did you always did you always think you would travel abroad how did you think about um, traveling when you were little i never ever ever thought about traveling like even going on a road trip to like other parts around the midwest like a big adventure for me it's like my mom driving me to we're doing a family road trip to like canada like that's mm-hmm. that's like my first experience uh going to toronto and, and also seeing um Niagara Falls but I never ever thought about leaving the continental U.S. and like honestly was really really afraid of um, the idea of traveling until probably like four years ago. Why? Why were you so afraid of traveling? Um, I was just like everything about it just brought so much anxiety to me and like into my mind and uh just like thinking about how i'm not gonna know the language or i won't like be fluent in the language Mm. um people like may not like me because i'm black uh like just culture shock altogether like it was a culture shock leaving the south side of chicago to go to central illinois (laughs) so to actually go to another country um was just really like a just a scary thought Mm. Well, and I feel like when you're growing up, at least when I was growing up, I remember watching television and going to other countries was never something black people did or people who looked like me. That just wasn't something we did. It was something that people who dressed in like really nice clothes and whose family like had a picket fence. Mm-hmm. They went on vacations and other in other countries and in, in other places in the world. But that was just not something that we did. You know, and I like I completely agree. Our family vacations were like, we're gonna drive to this place. Mm-hmm. It's not home, so that's like yeah. different. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is like, it's still, it's still great because your parents are trying to give you an experience. Mm-hmm. But I'm around kids now who are like, who have already traveled to like half the states in the country, mm-hmm. who have already been abroad. And I'm like. What can you even appreciate about the Eiffel Tower? I don't even <laughs> just save your money, parents. Save your money. It's what I think is interesting about your story. And maybe maybe I'm 
projecting here, but it sounds like for you, the fear when it comes to going abroad came from how am I going to be perceived? How am I going to navigate the space? Like, what am I going to do in these countries? I'm not going to know how to speak. Is is that fair? Would you say that was? Mm -hmm. For me, I thought I was going to die. (laughs) You know, growing up in a family, I feel like so much fear was pushed on me about other places in the world, Mm -hmm. especially when it came to brown people or like people of color. Mm -hmm. So there's this, there's this idea of like, you know, luxury that comes with Europe and Italy, you know, Italy and France and all these places. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I told my mom, I wanted to study abroad in India, she was like, but you're going to get killed. And I was like, wait, what? Oh, (laughs) <laughs> I was just going to learn and now I have to think about death. <laughs> um, but I think for me, that is the mindset I was, I grew up with. Like if you're going to central and South America, mm-hmm. if you're going to Africa, mm-hmm. if you're going anywhere in South Asia, yo, mm-hmm. you watch out, get your vaccines mm-hmm. and get a bag. That's going to be strapped close. I don't know if you shared that experience, but maybe not. Cause your dad is, not from this country. Um. Uh, yeah. My, you know, my dad's side of the family never talked about traveling, though. Mm-hmm. Um. Even though, like, they all immigrated, they just like never. Like my, I think that my half sisters, like their mom, who's also Sierra Leonean, um, had like more experiences because they their grandma lived in London, so they got to go like London mm-hmm. all the time. Um. But, you know, I got, like, the short end of the stick where I went basically, like, nowhere up until I was 26, 20, 25, 26. Um, so I think that, like, my family members, it, it seemed like traveling, like, global travel was kind of just, like, a normal thing mm. that as you do as a world citizen. Yeah. And, like, my mom's side of the family is just, like... They, it's, they're so weird because they never, ever, ever talk, like, talk about going abroad or, um, learning or, like, living abroad. In, like, my, my mom's two sisters both lived in, like, Germany for, like, a a couple of years, but they never talk about it. Um, and they never, like, they don't really travel outside the US anymore. Unless it's like for tropical vacation. That is so interesting to me though. Like my experience was so different. Like I didn't know people who traveled outside of the country unless they were veterans Mm -hmm. and had been drafted. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) the stories that came from that were so negative. It was always like, you know, we went to this country in the midst of war. Mm -hmm. And so there was nothing like, oh, we just lived in this country. Or like my grandma lives in this place. So we're just going to visit. It was like people were getting shot and I had to go. And I was just like, Oh my God. Like I never want to go to Vietnam, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So when did, when was the first time you went abroad? Um, does Canada count? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's a different country. (laughs) If so, the first time I would say I was eight years old Mm. and it only happened because my, it's, we drive to Pittsburgh all the time because that's where one of my mom's sister lives. Um, and my mom was like, oh, it's only an AR drive to Toronto. I guess we could do that then. <laughs> and I was like, that was like it. And so then we like went um, and then we got to go again like a couple years later. And then we also saw like 
Niagara Falls, which mm-hmm. was so gorgeous. Uh, but that's like my only time ever leaving the country mm-hmm. as a child. And then, oh, it was also because back back then, um, the borders were a lot looser. So <laughs> you, if you're an American citizen, you can get in with just a birth certificate. Like I didn't need a passport. Like I didn't own a passport until like two years ago. Wait, the bigger question is why'd your mom just have your pa- your birth certificate on deck? <laughs> no, well, she like she read or heard that all you need is a birth oh. certificate. Oh, okay. So I was like, walking around my. Did she just have that her glove compartment? No, it's because she's like she was constantly harassed by Donald Trump, whether or not I was an actual citizen. Because you know my yeah. father is African, yeah. so yeah, yeah. I I was a, a secret Sierra Leonean. You were born on a plane on birth. the way to America. Yeah, and like whoa, where where is she from? Really? <laughs> Let's ignore the fact that my mom's an American citizen. <laughs> Uh, okay that makes so much more sense because i was like dang your mom just has the birth certificate no, on deck oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but the my like first real like where there was a different language and um i had to like and it was a totally different culture mm-hmm. was uh my honeymoon trip to costa rica whoa so. spicy <laughs> Oh, that could be offensive. I meant more about the honeymoon part. <laughs> I meant more about the honeymoon. Just so we're clear, everyone. Uh, How so, did y'all decide to go there? Um, we we wanted to like go. I don't know. I don't know how we decided. We just kind of like at the same time said Costa Rica, and then we did it. <laughs> we're like, let's go to Costa Rica. Makes really, sense. Yeah. I'll, bu- I'll book the tickets. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it was, it was really fun. Like, we got to like drive across the country and see a lot of different different parts. My Spanish was on point. I had been practicing, and I took like Yo. some Spanish classes in college. And those like nine days up my Spanish game so hard. Wow. I was like <laughs> nine days expert. <laughs> <laughs> I went. I went to beginner to right in between beginner and intermediate. Yes. Yes. You were like, I can say anything. <laughs> like, I could, like, hold conversations with people. They yeah. either all in Spanish or in, like, Spanglish. I can't even do that in English. <laughs> You're over here doing it in Spanish. <laughs> um, so it was, like, a really great immersive experience and kind of helped, like, shake off some of my fears because, mm-hmm. like, if I practice the language and people really just, I found while traveling, really meet you halfway. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot, like, especially if you're uh, in a tourist, kind of, like, in a tourist area, a lot of people know English because Amer- they also t- take American money. So, like, a good amount of people, like, you guys can kind of figure out. Yeah. But it's been, it was awesome. It was, like, a fun, awesome trip. Where else have you been? Um, couple, couple of Caribbean islands like Jamaica and the Dominican Republic, and then I just got back from um, a few countries in Europe, and I went to which I like talked about I think on the last show, mm-hmm. but I went to Belgium, um, France, the UK, and the Netherlands. Mm. It's like, yeah. So th- I that was like my biggest <laughs> kind of like my biggest trip just two weeks where um yeah like two weeks in it was my first trip to another developed nation mm. or like to other developed nations 
um that is like not canada so (laughs) (laughs) it was just like really interesting to see how other developed nations are Mm -hmm. run and like Mm -hmm. what people are like um it was real cute what was your experience as a black woman abroad um Okay. Well, okay. Bye. When I go to when I go to like when I went to Costa Rica and the Caribbean, it's not a big deal because everyone's like, well, no, my skin's pretty dark. Jamaica, I'm cool. I I fit right in. But <laughs> they're like, you're one of us. <laughs> um, but like, I in in Europe, everyone was like pretty mad chill to me mm-hmm. um except like my last like my last night in amsterdam i just had several white women touching my hair uh. so that was that was a real nuisance like yeah that, that was like a real nuisance but that was the only time yeah. that i really had uh like inappropriate anything inappropriate happen mm-hmm. um specifically like regarding to who i am as mm-hmm. a person like my my ethnicity that's so interesting because i feel like there's maybe maybe there's a third neutral zone but i feel like i've heard that people black people either have really terrible experiences where they're just made out to be this token the whole time Mm -hmm. or people are just super appreciative and really want to know more about this person that looks different from Mm -hmm. them which is not my experience because as you know, I'm light skinned. Yeah. <laughs> so I look like 90% of the world. <laughs> and my only, so I've been to Canada as well, but I would say my, I've only been abroad besides that one other time. And that was to India for four months. Mm-hmm. And that was just a really cool experience in general, because I think it was the first time that I was really able to analyze the United States from an outside perspective or to mm-hmm. really hear what people thought about. Um, and I know that in, in one, I love James Baldwin, but in one of his writings, he talks about the fact that leaving the country really allows you to analyze it and analyze your place in it, especially as a person of color. Um, so there, that was just very interesting because for one, I looked like when my hair was covered, I look, I blended in. So nobody mm-hmm. would treat me like I was <laughs> American. Um, and so it was very interesting, the types of conversations that would, that would ensue because people just didn't assume I was an outsider, but the people, the people who had dark skin were treated very differently in my program. Like we would be walking down the street and people would stop and like take pictures or ask for pictures or ask people to like hold their children and take pictures. What? Like it was just like, it was what? super, it was just very crazy to me because, or it, but it was on both sides of the spectrum. Like the people who were super dark and had dreadlocks were like asked to be in pictures all the time. Mm-hmm. And the really, really white people were mm-hmm. asked to take pictures all the time. <laughs> so I felt like such a loser. I was like, yo, I understand. I'm like, your exact complexion, but look at my hair. nobody cared nobody cared though um yes it was just very interesting and it's really interesting to think about black hair abroad and that's Mm -hmm. something i've never i didn't have to really think about but in um some parts of india the hindu holy men wear dreadlocks and it's seen as a very holy thing like you don't have dreadlocks unless you belong to this very particular um 
type of religious sect in India. So some of the African-American students were not treated hostily, but people looked at them like they were being disrespectful when they had their dreadlocks because it was seen as like, why are you wearing the holy person's hairstyle? And there was, there wasn't very an understanding of like, this is just a black hairstyle. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What we've been doing over there in Africa for, for centuries. centuries. (laughs) That was so interesting to me because for one, I was just like, this shows how many times have you not been in contact with a black person with dreadlocks, but also just the cultural difference. Like they, mm-hmm. they didn't mean to be disrespectful. You know, it was just like this holy man wears this hairstyle. You're not, I don't think you're a holy person. You're wearing this hairstyle. What's going on? Are you mm-hmm. being disrespectful? Anyway? So it was, it's very interesting. It was very interesting. That's like my one big study abroad, but it was, it was world it was like shifting like shift my entire life you know yeah and i i definitely want to talk more about that i want like how did your time away change your perception on america specifically because i was like kind of really surprised Mm -hmm. i like liked america more when i was (laughs) that was my experience too it's so counterintuitive though our whole show was based on hating on america Well, because like I'm, I'm like at these other and these other countries. Like when I was just in Europe, and I'm just like, you know, America's like pretty cool. I guess it really isn't the worst. Like yeah. honestly, the words I say out loud is like, America's not actually the worst. <laughs> we kind of okay. Yeah, it's like we do. Like we're like pretty decent. And like one of my um, good friends right now is in Australia for she's gonna like live in Australia for nine months, and she well she's white, but she's like really kind of like frustrated with how casual the racism is in australia uh so she's like constantly she describes herself as an unmovable rock like she will she will call out your racism and she will not stop (laughs) so she hasn't uh she told me she hasn't made many friends uh because of it but she's just like like dude this sucks so bad like everyone here is just so racist and and just like well america's not the worst (laughs) Well, because at least here it sounds really bad but you know you're gonna be called out if you write being racist like you're just accepting you about to be called out it's like something that people actively shame you for in america and you can even lose your job and you can get charged with hate speech so i was like (laughs) there was like this uh a margarita festival in on the south side this one white woman was like calling these black people the n-word and they got it on video and she spat at like she spat at them and so what? now she was so then she got arrested for a hate crime because like spitting at someone's like assault yeah totally uh, so she got arrested for a hate crime so yes. it's just like you get like most people get away with racism in america but it's like not as bad as Including other countries yeah <laughs> Especially, <laughs> especially the government. But um, it's like good to know that America is like honestly pretty decent. And so I kind of see why people want to live here. <laughs> Cat, this, this it changed Cat's whole experience, her whole perception of America. Just well, for me, I you know I've never thought of the United States. You, I mean, I just don't think you can think of the American states as a perfect country. Mm-hmm. But I do think that 
there is something and I don't want to, I'm not an American exceptionalist. I don't think there's something like we are so incredible, but I do think that there are certain systems set in place that oppress Mm -hmm. and there are certain systems that if we begin to perfect, will just help us to get better and stronger as a nation. Mm -hmm. And I think when I, when, you know, when I was abroad, I didn't realize how much, my own personal, I, with my own personal experience, I'm not trying to universalize my experience, but I realized that I'm not afraid to protest. Yeah. I'm not afraid to stand up for my rights. I'm not afraid to be able to say like, F that, I'm not going to do that. Like I'm a woman and I can mm-hmm. do X, Y, and Z all I want. And I think for me, it was it was an eye-opening experience to think that maybe around the world, even when women aren't necessarily fans of their situation, it's literally deadly yeah. to say something. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that's not the case here, because I, I definitely think in some mm-hmm. situations that is the case. But all in all, we have other systems in place to protect you when you want to vocalize something about your situation. And that was one of the most eye-opening situations, is when stuff... Is it not the way you want it? Yo, we have the ability to chain ourselves to stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And you're going to get some attention. So I was like, okay, America, even if you're terrible, <laughs> at least we all know it and we <laughs> protest it. Yeah. And and we're allowed to, like, talk about it and we have that freedom to talk, like, ha- have this show yeah. and say all the things we hate about America and we know that no one's going to come knocking on our door mm-hmm. trying to, like, murder us or whatever. Um, so it's like, but yeah. I also love it. You know, I was like, oh, but you kind of great, America. You're like, <laughs> you're not as bad as I thought you it's were. It's like one of those people you know you shouldn't be dating, but you kind of right. like them. You're yeah. like, oh, <laughs> but you kind of bad for me. But oh, you kind of cool, though. <laughs> America, the awkward ex-boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> or a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Girl I was projecting that. all kinds of that stuff was in there. <laughs> Sorry. Look, you unlearned. <laughs> I learned. Cat just call me out <laughs> on my straight privilege. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Cat. You could have been like boy, bye, and girlfriend as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, is there anything else you want to talk about about being abroad or how's your? I will. I will say one more thing. I think that. A lot of people of color in this country specifically don't have the opportunity to study abroad Mm -hmm. or to just go abroad in general, because Mm -hmm. I think that in a lot of ways, especially in schools, it's safe for people who can afford it. Right. Right. And many people can't afford $20,000 to just go spend a semester abroad. Right. Um, So if there's anybody here who runs a study abroad program, who's listening to this show, I just think it's super important that people are creating scholarships, Mm -hmm. giving money for scholarships that allow people to have that type of eye-opening experience. Because for me, I would never have been able to travel Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for the system my undergrad put in place, Mm. which I got a full ride to go there. So they just gave that money that I got straight to the city abroad program. And I didn't have to worry about it. And so people of color at my undergrad institution, you know, there are plenty plenty of problems there. But if you went there, then there was no question that you could study abroad wherever you wanted to. Wow. And I'm just like, ah, I would be a completely different person if that Mm -hmm. wasn't in place. Mm -hmm. So people, 
think of ways to get other people of color yeah abroad so i totally i can't agree more because like resources are everything and like growing up and not having a lot of money of course they never had the idea of like traveling and that's never really like a concept that i would grow up with uh, because it wasn't a part of my shared experience and like i honestly know a lot of people from the south side and like people who i grew up with who like how who didn't even go downtown until they were like almost 18 Mm -hmm. and to like not even see parts of your own city let alone like thinking about the vastness of the world and all the places Mm -hmm. to travel it's just it's it's just absolutely crazy so like definitely encourage people um and like help them find the resources Mm -hmm. to to have these wonderful experiences because i've i've had like wonderful just great times and everyone's like just i think everyone's really nice to me um, I don't get dis- like I very rarely get disrespected. I don't know if it's because I'm, you know, I'm traveling with the white man, uh-huh. <laughs> probably most of the time. But like, but you also just, so just you also like don't f with me. I well, I mostly just like when I'm abroad, I just get a lot of compliments. Like I just get like a lot of people like telling me that I'm beautiful and not sitting like I don't know, or I'm a one up, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I like I really I never have an issue like i i've definitely been called the n-word more times in america than See, that's the bad side of america it's the bad side we got to keep it real but i'm not don't don't worry i'm not called the n-word very often um uh, but it's yeah it's been everyone's really it's been really great and i can't wait to travel to more countries i'm going to europe next yeah i think maybe either thailand or Argentina. Oh, so you trust. got way cooler than me. I was like, maybe <laughs> Ireland or Scotland. <laughs> I want to see some stones. <laughs> you know, I got two halves, so you know, I got the white half and the black half. Yeah, I got to cover a lot of ground. <laughs> I got to see potentially where the white half came from too. Yeah, where, where did I come from? <laughs> okay, uh, we're gonna start. We're going to go into a commercial break. Um, just We're a part of the Post Loudness family, and we really want to encourage you to listen to some of the awesome materials that some of the other shows are putting out. So we'll see you right after the break. From Post Loudness, this is Open Ended. A show about tech. The propaganda that you're attracted to tells me a lot. Culture, you know. If we all look the same to the cops, we're, we're all black. And a side is ass. Hands for women who like women, that's like our G-rated version of a dick pic. Wednesdays, in your favorite podcast player. Keep things open-ended. Passive screens, um, images kind of like float. All right, um, so now we are going to go into our final segment, and Halloween is right around the corner. You guys got your... That was a pretty good spooky Thanks, I practiced on the way over here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I hope you have your costumes ready. Misha, what are you going as? Nothing. I don't like Halloween. I'm cheap. But (laughs) potentially by Felicia, because... I already braid my hair before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I'm just getting ready for bed early. And <laughs> I just need an extra large polo and some shorts. Yes. So I might do that if my mm-hmm. partner is like, please go, go out to Halloween with me. Then I'll, <laughs> then I'll wear that. I'll be back, Felicia. How about you? Uh, so I have two outfits. Um, all like a, that I'm making myself. Not like making. I'm just not buying costumes. Uh, 
So I'm going as Friday night. I'm going as Rosie the Riveter because, you know. Bye, bye. Exactly. Femi- just Pure I'm feminist. I'm just, I just, I really, I just like bought a silk red scarf that I will tie my hair with when I go to bed. Mm-hmm. And then I was already going to buy a denim shirt. So perfect. Denim shirt in style. So I'm going to Rosie the Riveter uh, on Friday, and then on Saturday I am going as um, American Hero Ken Bone. Oh my god! <laughs> I borrowed the ugliest red sweater that my mom owns. Oh wow! Uh, it's, it's, sorry, what my mom does. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, mommy. That's why I borrowed your sweater. Um, and so yes, yeah, so I like borrowed a sweater, and uh, gonna be. A, Got a Yo. fake mustache on the way. Are you gonna be super jolly? I I guess I could be jolly. I and I'm trying to decide whether or not I want to carry a microphone to really sell it. But then this equipment's really expensive. <laughs> but you also can't be so pro Hillary. You got to be undecided. Yeah, was, you got to be like, oh, I'm so I'm deciding, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Kimbo. My name's Kimbo, <laughs> and I'm an undecided voter. <laughs> So that's that's basically what I'm doing this Halloween. But we're not here to talk about our Halloween costumes. Uh, we are here to talk about yours and your friend's Halloween costumes. Cat, let them know. Uh, so today's segment is cultures are not costumes. Uh, <laughs> let that sink in. Yeah, just think about it. If this is a person who has existed in... in that currently exists. Let's leave it at that. This is a person who currently exists. Um, let's just let's let's keep this simple. You oh you bought a headdress and you you want to go as Pocahontas? Don't because that's racist. You want to go as <laughs> like um name? Come on, African American? No blackface. Uh, just how if you want to be like. A character from Orange is the New Black, that's totally fine. Do you need to paint your skin color? No, people will figure it out. People are not stupid. You don't have to paint your skin color ever. If this involves paint that is a person's skin color, don't wear the costume. You can put on green paint, blue paint. You can put on Cheeto dust and go as Donald Trump. You can do whatever you like, but do not. Do not go as a person of a marginalized group and further the oppression by wearing their their life and their family's life as your costume. Think about it before you put before you walk out as a geisha. Yes, please. Think, yes, before you put on a sari, just think yes. about it. Yes, just like before you buy some African prints. Right, just think about it. Before you go out and kiss the cloth, like. Could that possibly offend someone? Uh, yes, yeah, maybe. Even if it's a maybe, don't wear it. If you're just, if you're just a, a second, if there's a second of hesitation, don't do it. Just, don't do just it. Don't do it. And there's so many. There's endless costumes. There's you have, I just don't get why people continue. Endless wanna... options. It's crazy. If you can be anything, you're in the world. Killer clowns are all the right <laughs> this this year. Just go as a killer clown, <laughs> or go as Ken Bone. Uh, go as a presidential candidate. Um, 
like it's like i know that people who do wear these costumes either don't understand or just don't give a fuck they're trying to be sexy too like we get people of color are real hot yes we are really sexy but that that is true you gotta put a headdress on i know it's just y'all just like americans get it together be better than australia Mm -hmm. just be better just be better yeah and on that note, <laughs> uh, we are going to wrap up today's show. You find us on social media and show us your non-offensive costumes, listeners. That'd be really cute. You can tweet at us at unlearned underscore shy. Can, uh, you can find us on Facebook at unlearned. You can email us at unlearnedpodcast at gmail.com. And you can uh, check out our website at unlearnedpodcast.com. Don't forget to, if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And, you know, hit us up. Talk to us. We want to hear more from you guys. We like you. Uh, we're assuming. We just assume that you're smart because you're listening to our show. So we assume that we'll actually, maybe actually like you in real life. Uh, and then our, also half of our audience are our actual friends. So <laughs> I'll say one fourth. Yeah. <laughs> um, so have a very spooky Halloween and <laughs> and we'll see you guys next in like two weeks. Bye. Bye. Post Audio. <laughs>